Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow Every time I hear the uh, opening lyrics uh, to that song, I just uh, am amazed at uh, how applicable they continue to be. You're trying to make it better, do you really think we can? In so many ways in these last few years, uh, I don't know about you, but things from my vantage point have looked like they have gotten quite a bit worse. Uh, especially in terms with uh, uh, people's attitudes, attitudes towards one another, and especially towards anybody who's different. Uh, there just seems to be a a resurgence of uh, intolerance, and uh, it's almost like we've we've gone back uh, a whole bunch of years, even in terms of in terms of racism. And uh, so this is a, a difficult time. And, you know, we've, we've witnessed these. Uh, now we're having so many shootings around the country. And uh, the, this last one near, near where I live here down in uh, San Diego is about an hour away, Poway, uh, another Jewish uh, synagogue was hit, and uh, what's going on? You know, it's just uh, uh, I I just read some statistics today. In France, at anti-Jewish offenses rose seventy-four percent last year. In Germany, violent attacks rose sixty percent. Then you have that synagogue attack in Pittsburgh a month ago. One in Poway, and right, right in my backyard, in Newport Beach High School, kids uh, were m- m- making swastikas uh, uh, out of out of beer cups and other indications of that kind of thinking, and even when they. They got together to try and educate them and try and change that. There were flyers <clears throat> still going out with uh, with similar things. So I don't know. I don't know. I thought it would be great tonight to bring on uh, someone who who I trust as a as a thinker, and especially in terms of the culture we live in. And he's very familiar with the church, having been a consultant for numerous churches, um, a life coach, coached tons of pastors, and uh, of course he served his own, uh, you know, in his own church for years. And uh, towards the last frame of his life, he was uh, 
mostly uh, temporary in various churches while they're looking for a pastor. And then he's also probably consulting them, helping them find somebody. So um, I just thought uh, this gentleman, we've had him on a couple times, uh, would be a good one to talk to uh, about what's going on. Not that we can, we can solve any of this, but I just feel like maybe we can get a little more educated and uh, maybe we can find out some way in, in which we can contribute. So, so would you please uh, welcome Doug Stevens to Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Doug. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right. <laughs> right. Well, Wherever it is we are, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> well, it really doesn't matter, does it? We are no. We are in cyberspace right now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And uh and, and you you probably heard my opening statistics there, some of the things that are going on. What what do you think gives right now? Um why all this why do we see is it are we really seeing an upturn of hate, or is it just that the media is focusing on it? Uh, what's your opinion on what's going on right now? What a huge question. Um, we got a few hours, do we? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not this time. But uh, Maybe not. Well, I, I no, I don't think it's. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's. Uh, um, it's, it is true that there is an uptick. There is there is a surge, and I don't know that it's ever been different. But sometimes the, uh, you know, there's a, there's a kind of covering for it. There's kind of a, a masking of the of the prejudice that is uh, that lurks in the human heart. Um, yes. We're uh, we're prone to that. Uh, we feel insecure, and so we react. Uh, we come from certain um, backgrounds that uh, have alerted us to the potential dangers of certain folks, certain uh, races, certain traditions, certain cultures, and so we, uh, you know, we we kind of keep that under control. We have a kind of thin veneer of of, uh, of politeness until uh, a trouble, trouble breaks out. And we live in a, in an age of uncertainty, so something rushes in to fill that vacuum, and that often is. Uh, Propaganda and ideologies and even religious uh, extremism that that yeah. goes in one direction or another. And right now, because it seems like the center doesn't doesn't hold, that's always what we're hoping that the center will hold. Well, right now it's not holding. It's the it's the edges. It's the extremes. It's uh, often the violent extremes mm. that uh, certainly. Uh, get the press and get the attention, and sometimes get the attention of uh, of younger people who are. Uh, um, who are a bit lost, and so here's an answer for you, and that includes uh, uh, finding your identity, and you find your identity in terms of who you're against, who you who you hate, and uh, then you build a whole folklore behind that. Wow, um, you know, I've been I've been I've been wondering about, uh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to blame Trump. But you could. I'm sure there are people who are, uh, just because of some of his views, which are, uh, you know, very skewed towards white males and and uh, uh, keeping immigrants out and 
and uh, and all of that. I had an interesting comment though um, the last time we had Oz Guinness on, and Oz said, you know, uh, Trump isn't creating it; we created Trump. And I thought that was a very interesting perspective because it's really true when you think about it. He probably wouldn't have gotten anywhere 20 years ago. Um, It's a different culture now. And it's almost like, you know, uh, we've we've created this thing. Well, there's no question he's riding the he's riding the quest the crest of the wave. Whether or not you know he created the wave, or whether or not he's simply right. uh, riding the momentum of something that's been going on for a while. Uh, there's a lot of fear in the air, and when there's fear in the air, people yes. are looking for certainty. And uh, in an age of uncertainty, so uh, when someone has definite answers for us, when there's a dogma we can grab a hold of, uh, we, we're very likely we're susceptible to taking that. So um, in some cases, yeah. you could argue that that's, that's happening now. It's happening all around the world. There's a kind of the, a rise of the strong man, the one with the strong voice, the one who is completely self-assured. Right. And if you follow me, we will uh, solve all the problems that you're concerned about. And, uh, and that's where we are. Um, when we come out yeah. of chaos, we're looking for something to grab a hold of. So the pendulum swings wildly, and here we are. Doug, um, how much do you think, what kind of role, how big a role has the Internet played in all this, in the fear and in the uptick of hate and all that? Well, sensationalism is uh, is what attracts us and uh, what seduces us. And so um, stories that are sort of mundane, you know, don't don't gain much of a traction. But if you can claim something, if there's some kind of conspiracy going on, if there's some kind of, you know, cobble of evil folks who are who are actually behind all the troubles that we sense, we uh we listen very carefully to the person who will point that out and clarify that for us and the airwaves are filled with such people who will fuel uh the fires of our um of our prejudice. And then and then it's hard to sort it all out. It, it really is because, right. um, yeah. Right. You can't tell whether it, is this true? Has this been doctored? Where did this, yeah. where did this video come one, from? One of the great requirements, we have to be discerning these days. And discernment, um, you know, maybe there were some parameters that helped us do that in the past. Today you have to be very, very careful and very wise and, and sift through and, uh, um, you know, be careful about what you're what you're listening to and what you believe, and yet you need to you need to be engaged because the other the other uh, uh, temptation is just to drop out altogether because it's it's so yeah. uh, uh, so frustrating. Yes, yes, and uh, I think you know I think uh, my generation um, needs to look out for that because. We're, 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 you know, the boomers are getting to the age where we could, we can just tune out. We can say, okay, I've done my part and, uh, uh, it's time to just, uh, you know, kind of coast, coast on in here. And, uh, we can't, we can't do that because uh, we are, we carry the light. We have the truth. We have a responsibility. 
with what God has given well, us yeah. as long as we can yeah. breathe, you know? Well, in this season of swirling controversies, you know, we need we need sages, wise men and wise women more than ever. Mm. In fact, if you look at kind of who we're grabbing a hold of right now, we have these old men running for the presidency, the oldest ever. Mm. And uh, even though and, – and young people are attracted to them because we're looking for those we can trust because we trust so few. And we're hoping we can at last find someone who's a man or a woman of integrity yeah. that we can, uh, we, can, we, we can trust because everything around us is, uh, is so chaotic. We're looking for a place where we can stand. Um, so it requires more discernment than ever. And those of us that maybe have gained a little bit of wisdom, we hope, along the way through our experience and mm-hmm. through our commitment to the truth and uh, hearing from God and kind of trying that out in the world and finding out what works and what doesn't work, you would think this would be a great time for us to be mentors and to be, uh, you know, sharing what it is we know and to be uplifting and empowering uh, younger people. But I think many of us have dropped out, gone silent, um, uh, feel like we're discredited and uh, because of our age or whatever background we have. And yet, and yet there's never been a greater calling for those of us who, um, you know, really, really mm. care about the next generation to step up and, and, and support them in their quest to find something that really is substantially true. Amen. Well, that's that's certainly what we believe here at the Catch, and and are are trying to um, make uh, connections with with millennials because uh, we we found that a lot of them um, do seem to trust us. They're coming. They're coming. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're coming to our site and things like that. So we're we're very excited about that. Um, you know, to get back to this internet thing, I just got to make one one point, and I'd love to, you know, have you comment on it. Um, it. The power of of pictures, the power of video, is just incredible. Mm. And mm. Uh, I yeah. I can remember a bunch of years. This is probably two three years ago. Uh, I don't even remember how I got it. I was probably just surfing, fishing around, and I got to these horrific videos that looked like um, thousands and thousands of Muslims, you know, uh, Middle East people coming down the street, and they were rioting and... uh, they were attacking people's homes, and I mean, it was it it was frightening. And all you needed to do is see two or three minutes of that, two or three seconds. And uh, I don't care what you what else mm. you say, that is going to stay in your mind. And they're going to say, okay, that's what's happening. They're, they're coming after us. And then they, they even had them making some comments like, like you know, the, we're going to win because we're going to, we're going to you know, marry all your, your women and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, oh, my gosh. And the stuff that's out there like that, people believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we live in a post-literate era. That worries me. So – yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not we're not really critical thinkers anymore. We're responding to images, and images can be cherry picked. I mean, you can put anything up there, and without context, without really understanding yeah. the background, some of it, you know, can even be staged. You don't know. 
but there are obviously yeah. riots all over the world at various times, and you can pick an image out of that, and you can make almost any mm-hmm. case you want to make. So to be a little bit more thoughtful, to ask some hard questions behind that, um, and, right. uh, uh, you know, to not generalize based on one uh, uh, image or one videotape, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the question of, you know, I mean, the question like, well, do you do you trust Islam? Do you believe that Muslims should live in this country? I mean, those kinds of questions which are, you know, ripe for fear-mongering. Um, you can, again, find some evidence of those who are dangerous, no question about it. And uh, there's lots of evidence of that around the world. But you can't generalize from that. It wouldn't be fair, and it wouldn't be accurate, and it wouldn't be intelligent. But we don't live in a time where we ask those kinds of questions. We just have a visceral reaction, and we go with it. Right. Right. So what you're basically saying is that we we need to be a lot smarter than we are. Uh, yeah, we do. And we need, we need to know more than, you know, we all have all these stereotypes in our heads, but we don't have relationships with people who represent who are representative, much more representative of what it is we're looking at and reacting against. We need to be building bridges, building relationships, um, having deeper discussions. And, uh, yeah, there are times to respond, you know, um, uh, against something that is unjust and something that is uh, um, uh, damaging to some part of the world. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. But let's, uh, let's not just go off because some image, some incendiary image or uh, um, uh, a rhetoric, you know, mm-hmm. stirs us up. That's that's the problem. We either go quiet altogether, or we have this kind of out of control reaction, and uh, and then we you know get into these very divisive and unproductive uh, debates. Right. Uh, Doug, let's go back to um, the uh, the shooting, the re- this recent shooting in Poway. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, why, uh, you know. Are are Jews being targeted again, or is it just because is it just this more of the same uh, hate crimes for the people that like you say? I like what you said earlier. It's, it's like the covering has come off, and this stuff isn't yeah. necessarily new. It's probably been there all along, but now suddenly it's somebody let it out. Yeah, but yeah, I'm wondering, well, is there some reason, yeah. do you know anything about, you know, what's going on in in, in the Jewish community or in, in why people have those such strong feelings uh, in that regard? Well, Jews have been targets for 3,000 plus years. We know that all around the world. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think in America, there's been kind of a love-hate relationship. I hate to say that because I hate to use the word hate, but I think that if you're Jewish, you do know that, and my Jewish friends will confirm that maybe quietly sometimes mm-hmm. because they don't want it to be that way. But anti-Semitism um, is is in the bloodstream of uh, of humanity, unfortunately, and there are reasons why. I think on the one hand, there's a certain envy of of Israel, a certain um, mm. recognition, even admiration of the of uh, the capacity and the, the accomplishments of of Jewish people throughout the ages. I mean, they've been some of our greatest leaders. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, because of that, we now suspect that there's kind of hidden conspiracies and uh, people who are wealthy and powerful, probably Jews, we, we think, uh, are behind some of the problems we have. And, and that just, you know, fuels the fire again. 
and it kind of goes underground, and we kind of make friends, and we kind of settle down. But then, again, if we feel insecure, we're looking around for a scapegoat, and uh, Jews have often been that scapegoat, whether it's going back to Fiddler on the Roof yeah. and the pogroms in Russia or what happened, obviously, in, in Europe in uh, the 30s and 40s and what's happened in uh, this country and other places around the world. Um, it, uh, um, it, it's, it's, it's the saddest thing in the world, and uh, it, it, it just keeps coming up because we haven't solved the problem yet, and maybe – yeah. Some of us have gone quiet and are not uh, standing up and uh, speaking the truth and, and defending the rights of people who are created in the image of God. And in fact, the, the very people from my Christian point of view that I owe everything to, they've given me my faith. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's not to idealize Jews either because they're human beings like everybody else. Um, but there's mm-hmm. there's a certain stigma that they have had to bear over the years as well as occasionally – um, celebration because of their accomplishments, but um, it is not easy an easy place to be. And I, I, I think right now, because it's kind of up for grabs, and we have this extreme of, on the one hand, political uh, you know, correctness, on the one hand, where you don't dare say anything that might trigger anybody. Mm-hmm. That's on the one hand, the one extreme, maybe on the far left, and on the far right mm-hmm. is um, you know the resurgence of white nationalism and let's let's um, let's grab the country back mm-hmm. because we've lost control and we're losing our majority status and we're no longer the dominant culture and uh, we're so easily threatened and now we can just say anything because we have role models who are up front saying anything insulting against anybody else and so. It's just this kind of crazy Whoa. chaos, and you don't know if we're coming or going. Whoa. Whoa, that's so true. That's so true. Well, um, in the last couple minutes here, what is there anything we can do? I mean, you know, we fight hate with love. I think that's a, that we know that. Uh, have you got any any kinds of practical advice you can give us? Um, on 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 what we can do to try to you know hold back the 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 flow here. Well, of course, there are always things we can do, and the fact that we have to suddenly come up with ideas we haven't acted on for a long time speaks poorly of us. You know, why are we even asking that question? Mm-hmm. We should be constantly in relationship with a wide swath of people in our own communities. Um, because we're the peacemakers, those of us who follow Christ, that's our claim. We're, we're, we represent the Prince of Peace, and we validate everybody wherever they are um, in terms of their value as people. And uh, our best, uh, you know, our best ideas in terms of maybe affecting them is to live the life of Christ in front of them. Um, so, on the one hand, it's about relationship and about living our lives with integrity. And I think there are simple things we can do. There was a time when I was a youth minister, and uh, uh, there was arson at a synagogue, a local synagogue. And, uh, you know, we could have said, well, that's too bad, and we'll pray for you. But our youth group actually raised some funds, turned it to be several thousand dollars, and I got to take it to the rabbi of that synagogue as a youth minister in a local church. Mm-hmm. And he was stunned that I showed up, mm-hmm. um, that we that we cared, that kids cared, that adolescent kids, teenagers cared about what was going on in our community yeah. uh, in terms of the targeting of, of Jews and their place of worship. So um, I think to lean into it, not to be away from it or just be armchair analysts of what's going on here, but uh, to actively yeah. respond and uh, 
even to take up our place um, as the uh, um, as the the leader of the people of Denmark did back in World War II. He wore a uh, a yellow star. He identified with uh, mm. with those who were being uh, um, targeted. So um, mm. I think that's what we do. I think we follow Christ in doing that. We take the place of people. We put ourselves as shields of, and we respond um, with um, uh, both mm. love and a kind of uh, defense of the rights of those people we believe uh, matter because they do matter. And it should be clear to them yeah. by looking at us, and it should be clear to the people who are their enemies that uh, this is not acceptable for us. So we we stand for those who are being, uh, at this point in time, threatened in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to find practical ways to do that. And maybe find ways. Don't we need to find ways to have relationships outside of our own of our own tribe? Shall we say? That's right. Um, and, I mean, we represent we... the tribe of tribes. At least we claim that. So let's let's live that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, actually caring for for people and and developing relationships with people who are different than us, uh, racially and every other way. And they're uh, not that, far that away if we would just open our eyes and our hearts. They're nearby. Yeah. They're next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a, uh, I've got a good friend who's a pastor in Modesto, and um, he's been very involved in Baptist pastor, very involved in an interfaith uh, group of, of rabbis and and uh, uh, Catholic fathers and and pastors and. You know, it's a it's a an eclectic group, and uh, when they have had an attack on a Muslim, uh, they all, uh, you know, uh, that one in uh, I think took place in the, in Australia. Well, they they had a yes. big memorial service memorial service there in in one of the mosques, and and they all came, all you know, all yeah, the different good. pastors. They yeah, came we together, and we should show up. Yeah, yeah. John, John yeah, I was very impressed. Uh, last year, after the shooting in uh, in Pittsburgh at the synagogue, the uh, the mm-hmm. new pastor of uh, Emmanuel Church, Mother Emmanuel, in Charleston, South Carolina, where the massacre had taken place, and a young man came in and shot nine members in a prayer meeting. The pastor of that church, and the reason he's a new pastor is because the former pastor was shot and killed in that in that shooting. He came to Pittsburgh, and there was. Uh, there was a, a, a segment on, on many of the news stations about them speaking together. And uh, you see the, the pastor and the rabbi, the black pastor and the Jewish rabbi in an embrace. And it was a beautiful picture of, uh, of the kingdom of God and uh, breaking out. And that's a powerful, you know, that's an image that really is powerful. It goes beyond just words, you know, kind words, yeah. words of well-wishing. Where actually we show yeah. up, we become a presence, and we take the risk of identifying with somebody who at that moment may not be popular or that we previously haven't related to, and and it's high time that we do. Yeah, it was a beautiful yeah. scene. No, it sounds like it for sure. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, well, gosh, I think we've got time for one more question. I wanted to talk 
um, more about this last one, but maybe maybe we can do that again another time. But uh, maybe just a quick a quick comment or two about how do we respond to violence as as Christians, and especially in in the context of you know, people breaking into churches and shooting and you know, do we shoot back? And what what do we do? It's just really a, a difficult one. I, you know, one of the big churches here in Southern California, um, highly respected evangelical church. They had a whole seminar all day to train people um, to use guns and how to. You know, they had a whole plan for how they're going to, you know, arm themselves and and protect themselves and. And I, I try to justify that with the Sermon on the Mount and turning the other cheek and, and all that, but you don't want to be stupid. And, you know, I, it's just it's just hard to tell. Because there are even those situations where someone from, and, and there's one situation in South Africa for sure, that tons of lives were saved because some guys uh, got up and started shooting back and they, they hightailed it out of there. You know, and you know, it's a it's a <clears> tough one. <laughs> yeah, you got any of thoughts on that? Well, of course, I, I think about that because I'm involved with different churches, and and occasionally that issue comes right. up. It's come up more often lately. Obviously, with my wife and I mm-hmm. were recently, um, well, it's been about a year now. We were down in uh, the church. Little, literally in the sanctuary in the church south of uh, San Antonio where 26 parishioners were shot and killed oh, by yeah. a lone gunman who came in and just picked mm-hmm. them off one at a time. And uh, it was it was uh, incredibly moving yeah. and, and very sad, sad and uh, overwhelmed by a sense of, uh, of grief and uh, what evil can do. So I've been in those places. I talked to some of the people who were part of that church um, experience, and uh, um, you just – have to sit with them and, and, and listen to them and put your arms around them and pray together and, and weep together mm. at that point. Now, there are common sense security measures that can be taken. I don't think arming everybody in your church is a good idea, and I think most people in law enforcement are, are against that because mm. you're going to get a crossfire going on. But when there's a large mm-hmm. gathering of people anywhere for any reason these days – You've got to think about that. We recently went to a, a play at a community center, a large play with lots of people there, and they had two armed guards armed with uh, automatic weapons that were there, and they were wow. obviously meant there to be a deterrent, and I'm sure they were a deterrent. And the reason they had done that was because mm-hmm. they had had a shooting, and somebody was killed. Somebody was assassinated coming out of that uh, uh, that sanctuary mm-hmm. at one point years earlier. So. Um, I, I, am not against that, but I'm also not against, uh, just constantly living on edge and, uh, we, we can't live like that. We have to ultimately trust God that he's protecting us after doing whatever it is we're supposed to do to make sure that we are protecting the people around the men, the women and children who are here. Of course, we want to protect them. We want to have some security measure and somebody who's going to respond, a designated responder or a few of them who are really trained to handle this and understand what's a real emergency and what's and what's not and how to deal with it when it happens. And you can't ultimately protect 100% against someone who is crazy enough and maybe even right. suicidal enough to walk in with so much right. in their heart. Um, but uh, And obviously we want to try to catch people before they get to that place where they're they're going off, yeah. and uh, you would think that some of these folks would have been caught by somebody, but they're not because there's a lot of a lot of lone wolf kinds of very sad people right. out there who um, 
um, who are likely to do some harm. Yeah, and then you, you know, and then you, then you have the the case in was it Virginia where it was just a Bible study of nine people. Yeah, that was in Remember South Carolina. That? that was Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. Charleston, South Carolina. Yep. 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 So we can't, you know, we can't. We just have. We really do have to trust the Lord, ultimately, uh, for ourselves and 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 for our responses. You know, I, I think we need to pray for for one another that the responses might glorify God as well. Yeah. Uh, in terms of exactly. You know, exactly. Encouragement, forgiveness, all these kinds of things that you you know. That, that we need to be good at. <laughs> yeah. And obviously there are places in the world right now where Christians are under siege. Sri Lanka comes to mind, the recent yeah. uh, mm-hmm. shootings there, or bombings there, excuse me, and uh, yeah. and how they've responded. And many many of these Christians, once the uh, spotlight goes away, goes somewhere else because the news cycle uh, is pretty fast moving, but to rebuild their lives, to reconstitute their church, to do the hard work of uh, forgiveness and uh, even reconciliation and reaching out to those who might be uh, considered enemies um, in places where they're very vulnerable. And there are lots of countries in the world where that's happening. Um, there, there are lots of stories that are untold that sometimes we, we do hear about, and we need to yeah. see God at work in those situations as well. And uh, be praying for our brothers and sisters who are persecuted in those those places much more than we ever will be. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, Doug, I can't thank you enough for spending some time with me today, and uh, this was really enlightening and very encouraging. Thank you. Thank you, John. Appreciate and, uh, the uh, invitation. Okay. Anytime. Okay, my friend. You're all right. Great. All right. Take care. Good. Good well, night. there you go, folks. That that was a good one. That was a good one, and uh, we just got to return hate with love in whatever form or capacity we can do that in our neighborhoods, crossing barriers, crossing uh, tribes, uh, reaching out to people who are different than us. Boy, it's a challenge, and uh, what a great time. You could say a terrible time to be alive, but what a great time to be alive with the Lord uh, in your heart. So. God bless. Join us next week for another stimulating conversation on Blog Talk Radio, The Catch.